we now have four women who uh, have agreed to share with us some of their feelings about strong women or about women in general. The first is Audrey Allen. Come here. Good morning. Um, For those of you who don't know me, I'm Audrey Allen, and normally you find me hiding in an RE room. But I emerged enough today to talk about two women that have shaped my life. My mom was a gifted straight-A student in high school. She dropped out of college to marry my dad. Wasn't like a shotgun thing. She didn't have to. She did it for love. And she decided that was just a thing you did because that's what her mom did. So she was going to drop out, and she was going to forgo her hopes and dreams because now her duty was to be a wife and a mom. Well, a few years later, she started to think about that again, partially because my dad was like, do what you want to do, but also because she started to think just doing what people told her to do was kind of a crazy thing. She should probably do what she wanted to do. Of course, now she had me, Then she had two other kids. Before long, she was a young mom trying to raise three kids. She was too busy to go back to school. Then later, when my brother was school-aged and he went to school, mom decided she had to go back to work to help pay the bills. Now she was too busy. She couldn't possibly go back to school and change and recapture her goals. Now she's decided she's too old to go back to school and recapture her goals. But throughout all that, she'd made a commitment to me that I wouldn't settle, that I wouldn't have to just do what other people did. She spent her whole life trying to make sure that I had all of the things that I needed to be the person I should be. She carted me around from Odyssey of the Mind, choir, theater. She encouraged me to try out for sports that weren't in my gender role, played hockey for a while. She supported me to make sure I had every possible opportunity to be who I could be and who I wanted to be. Not going to college was never not an option. She made me get good grades. She made me see how important that was. And while she couldn't support me financially, she supported me with encouragement and other means of support. When I finished my bachelor's, she said, when are you getting your master's? When I finished my master's, she said, When are you getting your Ph.D.? She always thought calling me Dr. Allen would be the coolest thing ever. (laughs) So she taught me that I need to have my own goals and dreams and that I can't just settle for what other people expect from me and I can't form myself for other people. The other lady I'd like to talk about is my friend Sarah. In high school, when you're supposed to worry about acne and grades and social life and boys, Sarah was trying to figure out if she was going to live through the week. She was diagnosed with an extremely rare, almost 100% fatal form of cancer. She actually did end up winning this. And she decided that if she came out through this, if she was going to play, she was going to play big. And she decided the stupid little things, those didn't matter. She had to worry about what did matter. She spent over a year in what used to be the USSR, kind of wandering around Russia and the stands. She spent a lot of time over there, even though it wasn't necessarily a place where 
a short redhead who's obviously American, should hang out. She came back to the States, and she spent some time as an AmeriCorps volunteer, making like two cents an hour. Not really enough to live on, but it was something that she wanted. It was a need that she saw. While she was doing that, some of her time overseas paid off, and she was called and offered a position to be the executive director of an organization that serves the youth of Turkmenistan helping them find educational opportunities and mentoring opportunities that they would not otherwise get. The thing about that, though, Turkmenistan, it's illegal to have nonprofits there. It's illegal to work for nonprofits. It's illegal to help out their youth. It's illegal for outsiders. Pretty much illegal everything, just it's illegal. And she has decided that it's a big enough deal for her to risk her safety, her freedom, to fight for some kids in a country she's not from and most people can't even find on a map. These two women, my mom and Sarah, they have both taught me a great deal. My mom taught me not to settle and to fight for my own dreams, and Sarah continues to teach me not to forget about the big picture, not to get bogged down in the daily details. All I can hope is that someday I can be an inspiration to other women like they have been to me. Thanks. Good morning. Uh, my name is Laurie Lyons. Uh, obviously, many women have influenced me in my life. My mother is an obvious, obvious influence because it is from her womb that I awoke to the world. In many ways, she was a traditional mother. She was an excellent cook, sewed many of our clothes, loved gardening, and loved all six of her children and 13 grandchildren, and more importantly, truly enjoyed being with us. She loved people and animals, and it seemed both gravitated to our house at all hours of the night, in need of emotional healing, which my mother gave. In other ways, she was not as traditional. She was known to partake of scotch every day, and oftentimes too much. She played tennis, went hunting, played the piano, and adored a good party. She rarely cried. She rarely got angry. But if you questioned her life, you got a good dose of it for she was independent before it was acceptable for women to be independent. But, as all of us are, she was inconsistent in this respect, for she very much expected to be taken care of financially, with no questions asked. She often told me growing up that it was as easy to fall in love with a rich man as a poor man. <laughs> Her mother, Matu, was adored by my grandfather, who was a respected lawyer on his own, in his own right and he often bragged how she had been voted the most beautiful girl at Holland's College in 1915. And she could be very witty and charming, but mostly she was mean, truly mean, denigrating her husband, making racist statements, yelling at my mother if she displeased her, and referring to us grandchildren as little what's-it because she couldn't remember our names. My paternal grandmother was a drama queen. 
a great patron of the arts who was also judgmental and perfectionist. She sat in bed most of the day reading and smoking cigarettes with a long cigarette holder, which no doubt led to my smoking, which was quite glamorous, occasionally taking a swig of her heavily laden coating cough syrup. I learned from these women strength and power and abuse of power. I learned independence and to live life to its fullest, but I did not have models for how to make it in the bigger world without a husband's financial support. When I was a sophomore in college, I met the mother of my roommate who was from Topeka, Kansas. She was a medical doctor. It's hard to believe, but at that point in my life, 1973, I had never met or seen a professional woman other than teachers. Dr. Gindel was feminine, pretty, and funny, but smart as a whip, which was a combination that I never knew could coexist. And in law school, I met my very dear friend, MJ. She opened up to me the world of civil rights. Although I had very general knowledge of the movements, she had worked in them and exposed me to the nuances involved. Some very basic ones, like the ACLU and UCLA are completely different entities. <laughs> she is non-judgmental and intellectually curious, curious and a lover of the arts. She was probably the first person to whom I could tell everything. There are many other women who have influenced me, of course, and I am a mixture of them all, and I am eternally grateful to them all, because as women, we can be ourselves and live our lives on our terms. I can wear a lacy dress, and I can wear a suit and carry a briefcase to court. I can cherish and tenderly care for my children and grandchildren, and I can dance like a wild woman. It's ours for the taking. Good morning. I'm Norma Debro. How could I even begin to talk about women who have influenced my life without starting with my mother? Mildred Margaret Riley began her life as the daughter of a sharecropper farmer and his wife in rural Arkansas. My family history research has revealed that she descended from a long line of Irish ancestors who came to this country as colonists even before the American Revolution. She had red hair and blue eyes, and my sister Annie and I have always been jealous that our brother Michael and our baby brother David inherited that red hair, and not us. She and my dad met on, their, on a blind date, and he always said it was love at first sight. She worked in the cotton fields, to earn the money to buy her wedding dress and, in, and became a military wife in 1939. Within the next two years, life became a long series of transfers 
between military bases, from New Mexico to Oklahoma to Georgia to Florida to New Hampshire, an Arkansas girl in New Hampshire, and back to Barksdale. Back then, the Army Air Corps, which is what the Air Force started as, uh, moved their personnel, but the spouses were on their own to get from place to place. And as a reminder, for those of you that are too young to remember, this is before the interstate highway system, and my mother had barely learned how to drive. And then later, there were long periods of separation, which is common with military families. And as sometimes happens, each new reunion resulted in a new baby on the way. (laughs) Even with all the challenges of our ever-changing duty stations, and finally the responsibility of raising five children, she did it all. And what's more, she did it well. She taught us to value family ties, the importance of compassion, a strong work ethic, and integrity in our personal and professional lives. Her memory remains an inspiration to our family of what we could and should aspire to be. Thank you. My name is Pat Knotts, and uh, I have probably told many stories about my life and about the people and events who have uh, influenced me to be who I am today. The first was in the early 70s. I was busy being a wife, a mother, working and going to uh, being a student and trying to raise four daughters to be the best that they could be. My sister, Rebecca Tony lived in New Orleans. She became involved with a group of progressive women. They were really well-informed on all the women's issues. This was a time of the attempt to pass the Equal Rights Amendment, and right about the time a woman's right to control her body was just evolving. Uh, it was an enlightening time for women. There was Ms. Magazine and Gloria Steinem and Betty Friedan and the National Organization of Women, for women. Uh, Rebecca and I discussed all these issues, often by phone. We had big phone bills. <laughs> and we read a lot of books, and she would recommend one, and I'd get it and read it. And I became excited as this became an outlet for my passion for equal rights for women. Well, let's turn forward 20 years. Um, until the 90s. By this time, many changes had happened in my life, and I was now a widow. I had an empty nest, and I was still working and even going to school some, too. And during this time, I think Barbara covered some of this, but I'm going to repeat it. (laughs) During this time, the YWCA uh, and the city dedicated a week each spring to celebrate uh, women's accomplishments. 
it was a big deal. I mean, really big deal in the paper and news and everything. Uh, and there was some kind of celebration each day of the week. And a nationally known speaker would come, and the women who made a difference in our city and area were recognized. Area were recognized. All Souls always hosted a special church service. This is where Becca and I came in again. <laughs> Entered out to one of these church services. I was amazed. It's the first time I'd ever been to All Souls. All Souls always hosted a special church service. This is where Becca and I came. I was amazed. Women were doing the service again. They spoke and they said things about real, the usable stuff. That I felt like that I could. Use. I was amazed in my life. Uh, how about that? It was a church, but they didn't preach, <laughs> which was new to me. I came back again and again, and there was a group of women uh, here at the church called the Sisters of Miriam. They welcomed me and anyone. Uh, to their meetings. Some were at church and some were at homes and some were potluck suppers and some had a prepared study lessons. That was usually Ruth Calger. She, she thought we need to study some. <laughs> Except it just eat. <laughs> and I came to know these ladies and they were really a mixed bunch. I don't know where you could find a, a greater mix. There were some single, some divorced, some happily married. Widowed, some were teachers and nurses and other professionals, and some were retirees, and some were old and some were young. Well, as time passed, I learned so many things from these women. I learned how to stand up for what you believe, and it's okay to say what you think most of the time. And it's not shameful when your kids don't do as you want them to. That was a big one. <laughs> and you learn that life happens. And you pick yourself up, brush yourself off, pick up the pe- young pieces, and start off. And uh, our daddy was great again, or you can just pick up where you're detained. But some, uh, Rebecca, things you can only learn had women. So my mentors are the sisters of Miriam here at All Souls, and my sister, Rebecca. We touch many people, and many people touch us during our life, and some leave imprints. Okay, let's have our... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Strong woman's influence in our life, as our mother died when we were quite young.